I'm Sandra Hayes Buckley and you are listening to the Mind Your Mind podcast, a podcast that delves into what minding your mind means to different people, what self-care looks like in their lives and why minding their minds is so important to them. I hope you enjoy. This episode of the Mind Your Mind podcast is sponsored by Rainbow Crescent. Rainbow Crescent is an online shop specialising in uplifting products with the aim of putting a smile on people's faces. Check it out at www.rainbowcrescent.ie. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Chloe Enright. Chloe is a public health practitioner, a breathwork facilitator and owner of Compassionate Co. During our chat, we discuss why self-compassion is so important in Chloe's life and how she has built her own business around this very concept. I hope you enjoy. Chloe, you're very welcome to the Mind Your Mind podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Sandra. I'm delighted to be on to chat with you today. So for any of our listeners who might not be familiar with yourself, can you give us an introduction into who you are and what you're all about? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Chloe Enright. I'm I'm a public health practitioner and a breathwork facilitator. And I recently launched my own mental health promotion business called Compassionate Co. And so it's about two months old now at this stage. And Compassionate Co, I suppose I use the term mental health promotion because it has a number of objectives, but they all come under that umbrella. Um, So the objectives of Compassionate Co as a business are to promote, I suppose, and promote open discussion and educate people on the concept of self-compassion. So self-compassion is turning kindness inward, and I've developed a journal to help people to cultivate self-compassion. And then secondly, I want to, you know, I work in health research and I want to use those skills to educate people I suppose on the burden of mental health within Ireland and to to promote open discussion using that and then lastly I also just provide tools and tips and tricks for people to enhance their mental well-being so like I mentioned I have the journal and your self-scribbler which which launched when I launched the business helps people to cultivate self-compassion and I'm also the breathwork facilitator so I'm starting my own breathwork classes so people can use them as a tool to to support themselves as well and so yeah that's a little bit about who I am and a little bit of a background to to me as a person. Fantastic and you touched on it there that you know you want to help other people to look after their own mental well-being and why is that important to you? I suppose as a public health practitioner, we really advocate for health behavior change and enabling people to change their own behaviors. So um, that's where it would stem from really my my training um, and my practice, you know, um, just to, to help people to support themselves. Like it's really, really important and we need to, you know, it's fine to say to support yourselves, but how do we do that? And it's to 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 show people and to, to give people the tools to help themselves and to support themselves. Fantastic. And I know at the time of this recording, you shared a reel yesterday um, mm. about your own mindset um, yeah. work and the challenges that you've been through kind of on a physical point of view, but also that that ties in with the mental struggles as well, because I know when you are having, you know, physical, um, I suppose, struggles like that or issues with your physical health, it can lead into issues with your mindset, your mental well-being. Mm. I suppose, why is it important to you yourself to look after your own mental well-being? Well, like, yeah, absolutely. Like you mentioned yesterday, I share that 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 real in relation to um, physical health and the battles that I've had with that. And it absolutely does tie into your mental well-being. And I think for me, you know, I worked a lot on on being mentally strong I suppose and gaining mental strength and that really showed when I did have you know I don't know I had an operation a spinal operation for people that aren't aware and the beginning of the year and really having that 
you know, having those tools, being in having learned self-compassion, having the breath work, having all of those things to support myself through what was a hectically difficult time. It was really important to have the mental strength to get through the physical side of things. So, you know, mental well-being, physical well-being, they're very much linked and they very much impact one another. Um, and I suppose it's very important for me, you know, based on what I've, you know, the, the likes of the, the operation and that, to have that mental strength and to have that endurance um, and to, to continually work on that to, to ensure that I'm looking after myself. So you touched on it there, the spinal operation that you had at the start of the year. And yeah. I suppose for anyone who's listening, you know, these are things that, you know, unfortunately life, ha- life happens sometimes. Mm. It's things that, you know, you would never have expected to have gone through. Mm. And it's, you know, it's really important to have I suppose the mental health, the mental well-being toolbox, the things that you can reach in and just grab when you need them. And I suppose that's something that your self-scribbler as well will really help people with because, you know, informing the habit of getting into, you know, journaling about their self-compassion and and their Mm -hmm. self-compassion journey, Mm -hmm. um, because it is a journey as well with, you know, getting these tools into place and I suppose what are those tools that you call on when you're having a difficult time or when life throws those curveballs at you okay yeah so the the primary thing that I would would reach for is and if I know that I'm, I'm biased because of your self-scribbler but I really and truly journaling that's that's my go-to and um, you know if ever I'm I'm, you know, I'm, I'm having a day where I'm feeling really stressed or I'm feeling really overwhelmed and I can't quite grasp, you know, oh, you know, even for instance, if there's not one thing in particular that's causing the stress or, or this overwhelm, I go to my journal and I start writing and it's, it, it really is magic. Like when you start, you start writing and you start, you know, yourself, the, the journal that I have is guided. So when you start breaking down all the questions, you really get into the nitty gritty of, okay, this actually happened and this is what is maybe bothering me. So journaling is definitely my first um, go-to whenever I am, you know, whenever I, I need to, to vent or get things down. And then exercise is really important for me as well. Um, I find that great to support my own well-being. Um, and then breath work, like that's something that I've really, really gotten into over the last 12 months, I would say. Um, and it's a real powerful tool to, look, we can't control the emotions that we feel, but we can control how we react. And I think that it gives you that sense of autonomy to, um, it, it, it gives you that increased sense of autonomy um, in relation to how you react to the emotions that you're feeling. So if you are feeling stressed, you can use a breathwork technique to, to move maybe from that fight and flight into that rest and digest. Um, so breathwork and journaling would be my two things really that every morning they're my non-negotiables really for my own mental well-being and mental support. Mm. You touched on exercise there as well. And I know yeah. that the, the reel you shared yesterday for anyone who hasn't seen it it was reflecting on the fact that you had done your first 5k in was yeah. it seven years yeah and first one in seven years yeah so like that was about. you know that must have been huge from huge. All, obviously from a physical point of view that your yeah. body is physically able to do that but also from yeah. a mental point of view and mindset that you know you were able to to yeah go into it and actually get over that line yeah yeah absolutely like it would have been a goal that I, you know, I was big into running before I, I, I broke my back and it would have been a goal that I always wanted to get back to. It was something that was always in the back of my mind, but it just wasn't possible for such a long period of time just because of chronic pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose like the, the read I shared yesterday, you know, I was, I was 
devastated when I got the news about the the other the this spinal surgery that I needed at the beginning of the year. And then I said, like, never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that, you know, on Saturday that I would have been running a 5K after having it. So I just I shared that reel because just to to show people, I suppose, that you 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 absolutely can't anticipate the curveballs that life is going to throw at you, but you also can't anticipate the positives that may come out of that when you overcome that hurdle. So um yeah, the 5k and the exercise is a huge thing for me, but um it was it was magic crossing that finish line really and truly it was. Yeah, it meant it meant a lot to me, like you said, physically, but mentally it was it was huge. Yeah, yeah. So um I can imagine I'm yeah. uh... I, 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 as you know, I have issues with my hip at the moment. Mm. I'm waiting um, to find out about surgery myself and exercise okay. is something that I'm, I'm not able to do at the moment. I just physically okay. can't. Um, okay. So I suppose I can, I can imagine, I, I, mm. I can't physically imagine it, but I can, I can mentally imagine how much of just an achievement it was just from that mental point of view and the Absolutely. physical and, you know, just the sense of achievement you must have had as well like having come so far you mm. know having you know been had set those setbacks and those curveballs mm. and I suppose when you're in the midst of of those curveballs it can seem like something that you know this is never again going to happen yeah 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 and like that can be it can be very overwhelming as well actually feeling mm. that that sense of you know the all or nothing thinking of you know that I'm never going to do that again yeah yeah absolutely and and that was that was something that I you know I, I did have for quite a long time like after I broke my back first that running probably isn't on the cards and then having tried it and it just it just wasn't possible for for quite a period of time and um yeah I suppose like mentally it's tough knowing that I think it's almost that you know when you're told you can't do something you're like it's the only thing that you want to do then you know that thing but um, yeah. yeah it's you know yeah but yeah, it really, there was a huge sense of fulfillment, huge sense of achievement. Um, yeah, and it meant so much more than just actually running the 5K, you know. Um, and look, like you said, when you're, you know, when you're going through the midst of these like operations and surgeries and like things that you are out of, out of your control almost, mm. um, it's it's really tough. Like it's, it's, it's hard having those things to deal with mentally, you know, as well as the physical ailments that come with it, you know, so yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, there was a there was a great sense of achievement from it for sure. Yeah, fantastic. And you mentioned as well their breathwork, and I yeah. know that you recently qualified as a breathwork facilitator. I did. And yeah. um, you mentioned there about how it can bring you out of that fight fight or flight um type yeah tension, I suppose. And breathwork is something that's very new to me. Um, I actually okay. only um kind of experienced it for the first time in the last two months. But for our listeners who haven't experienced it, can you, I suppose, explain how you got into it, but also the feeling that it can bring about when you actually yeah. are doing breathwork techniques? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I got into breathwork, I suppose, over the last, like I said, 12 months, but it was very simplistic techniques that I was doing. But I was always very interested in, you know, even just doing box breathing, inhaling for four, holding for four, out for four and holding out for four. Even doing that, it really, if I was ever feeling anxious or stressed or anything, it really calmed me down. And I was like, this is this is really interesting how it has such a huge impact. So I I then subsequently trained and, and did the breathwork facilitation. And um, so basically what it is, is it we all breathe day to day, but we don't none of us use our lungs to full 100 percent capacity. We, we just don't do it. And it is basically bringing conscious awareness to the breath. And how I do that through my classes is 
Firstly, we will do some movement. So we'll release some tension from the body. We'll then locate the muscles of breathing. So obviously the diaphragm, the intercostales, which are in between the, the ribs and the scales, which are upper, upper um, chest region. We locate those muscles. Then we will move into some breathwork techniques, depending on what your outcome is. So you might want to engage in deep relaxation. You might want to release stress. You might want to increase motivation, increase energy. We'll delve into breathwork techniques depending on what your overall objective and outcome or what you want to get out of it. And um, so the feeling that you can experience, it really depends on, on what your objective is. And, and then I will guide your technique. So, I mean, if you want to achieve deep relaxation, that is what you will get. Like we'll engage in hypo ventilator practices, what they are. So they're basically your long, slow, deep really moving from that fight and flight into the rest and digest, really lowering the blood pressure, lowering the heart rate. Alternatively, if you want to release stress, there's some techniques that we can do to, what they do is they will temporarily stress you a little bit, but when you do them over a prolonged period of time, you effectively build a tolerance and your body starts building tolerance to stress in a controlled environment. So we will we'll do the stress, but we'll also bring you back into a long, slow, deep, so we'll relax you again. So it's basically um, exposure over a prolonged period of time and you become um, accustomed to it. So really, really effective, but it just, the sensations in that that you will get will depend on what you want to get out of it. So um, it varies, you know, I think that breathwork, like you said, it's a new concept and I think it's really coming to the forefront and it's it's becoming very familiar to people through social media. Um, but it's a lot more than just meditation. Like there, you can, there's a lot more you can get from it, and it just depends on, you know, it's it's. And I say we qualify as breathwork facilitators, not instructors, because it's all about facilitation and facilitating the experience for people. Um. So I hope that explains it a little bit. Um. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and it sounds like it's a very safe environment as well. The fact that you are facilitating it rather than, I suppose, instructing or dictating to someone what they should be doing. Absolutely. So, yeah. And that's really important as well for someone who, you know, is prone to stress or prone to anxiety or something like that. It is so important to feel safe. 100 percent And you know, as as facilitators, we will always say we'll we'll always say in the beginning of the sessions, you know, we'll only go as far as the individual is able for. You know what I mean? Like it's and it's very much about the individual and and what the person is able to tolerate, you know. Um, so for beginners, they'd be very, very um, easy practices, very much introduction. Um, and that's the way that we would go with it. So and, and only build over time, you know, so it's it's excellent. It really, really is. And it's a really, really useful tool for people to have to to deal with their day to day emotion. Yeah, and I've, it's very interesting, actually, you were saying about the exposure to stress because I know myself from when back when I was struggling with my mental health mm -hmm. panic attacks were something that came up for me and to be honest the first couple of panic attacks that I had I genuinely thought I was having a heart attack because yeah, I didn't know yeah I, I didn't know and obviously I became accustomed to it over time because I ended up having a lot of them for a prolonged yeah. period of time yeah but actually even knowing what it feels like sometimes can be half the battle because I remember just being like what is wrong with me and no, being yeah. and you're you're kind of talking to yourself in a very accusatory way then like you know mm. kind of you need to fix you need to fix yourself whereas yeah. at least if you're ex having some exposure and with someone who can facilitate it and explain what's actually happening absolutely you know it must as I said it, it's a very safe environment but also mm. it must give reassurance that you know you're not 
losing your mind you're not having a heart attack you know you're when these things are happening that you have yeah. something of oh I, you know i'm experiencing stress here yeah absolutely and it does that's that's something you know that people report is that increased sense of self-awareness that you get a huge sense of that from breath work and um, and absolutely like learning okay look i'm feeling you know it, and it does it, it's it's a really good technique towards improving mindfulness as well that you do you become that bit more mindful of what's happening in my body okay feeling a little bit stressed i'm feeling that in my chest now what do i need right now to to get rid of this feeling you know so um it's brilliant it's a really really good technique absolutely to to increase that sense of self-awareness um and very very safe environment like you said yeah so it's brilliant yeah. Yeah, and you touched on journaling then as well, and obviously you yeah. had your self scribbler. And journaling is something that a, a very good counselor that I had um, back when I was really struggling with my mental health. She really in introduced me to that and to okay. gratitude journaling in particular. Brilliant. But 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 journaling, and you were saying there about getting it down on a page. Like mm. sometimes you are so caught up in your own thoughts, you don't Absolutely. even know, you don't even know what you're yeah. thinking because yeah. you're just in a spiral of yeah, and we can get lost. Yeah, yeah we can get lost in our thoughts you know so it's brilliant just to get things down and, and the the journal that i have the um it specifically focuses on cultivating self-compassion because like you you mentioned there you know we all are we all have that negative voice in our head we can all go into that spiral and i know you know being hard on ourselves it's something that we're almost accustomed to mm. and i was before like before i learned self-compassion oh my god like i if I could find another stick to beat myself with like it was just it was it was yeah. you know and it's it makes you feel really bad in yourself. You know what I mean? It has a huge impact on your mental well-being. So that's why I'm really passionate about cultivating self-compassion is because we need to learn to be that little bit kinder to ourselves and, and turning that inward and and using the, the likes of the journal and touching on the three pillars for self-compassion to, to cultivate that. Um, and it's really important because like we experience so much difficult emotions day to day and to say, it's okay, I'm not on my own here. It's completely normal. And I don't need to put myself down and make myself worse, feel worse than I probably am right now, you know, so it's really, really important too to learn. Yeah, absolutely. I've done a lot of work in the last year on compassion as well. It's amazing, um, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. you know, like I've touched on this in a, in a couple of the other episodes as well on, you know, the negative bias of our thoughts and like you right. really can become like a battering ram inside in your uh, own brain. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I think that's one thing about your page as well on social media you really promote self-compassion you know you you do exactly what you say you do you <laughs> do the promotion of the self the self-compassion so well and your content really gets that across and I suppose it's very very obvious that you want to help people to understand this and I suppose to be that bit more self-compassion compassionate with themselves as well yeah, well, that's lovely to hear. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm glad that it's coming across that way because that's exactly what I want. Um, that's lovely to hear. But yeah, no, it is like, and I think that, you know, like I said, I've been at the other side of the coin where I haven't been compassionate to myself at all. And I know what it feels like. And I think that a lot of people, I think everybody does. Like, geez, you know, I even find myself there, even though I've worked on it, I'd still, I could look at myself in the mirror and, and the negative thoughts come in and I have to pull myself back and say, stop, like, this is just, and I think that that's really why I want to educate people on the concept firstly and then help them to cultivate it because it's so powerful you know we can become so self-limiting when we get bogged down in those negative self-beliefs that we have about ourselves and until we you know start to give ourselves a bit of kindness like we would somebody else and somebody that we care about 
when we start to do that, that's really when we start to flourish and say, oh yeah, I can do this. I absolutely can do it. And you know, I'm not what my head is telling me that I am. And just to challenge those negative self-beliefs a little bit. Um, so absolutely, that's why I delve into it on the page. And that's why I really zone in on it because it's something really important that I think people need to, you know, become educated on. And um, something that I would love if people, like even that, that they're taking something from the page like that, that's huge. And um, so, yeah, it's it's really powerful. Um, yeah, it's, and it's a really important concept, I think, for everybody to start learning about 100%. Absolutely, you touched on it there. Like, you wouldn't say anything that you say to yourself no to your friends or your loved ones or family or even to strangers actually yeah. more more often than not because yeah. we can be so hard on ourselves you know not good enough i'm not a good enough mother i'm not you know pretty enough i'm not skinny yeah. enough i'm not this that yeah. and the other thing and like you would never turn around to somebody else and say you're not a good enough mother or you're not you know pretty enough or you're not whatever because it's just not something that comes into your head yeah, absolutely not. Like you would, it wouldn't even cross your mind to say yeah. those kind of things. And and I do touch on that in the journal. You know, I say that um, you know, I ask you to write down the difficult emotion that you're facing, and then I say, and what the next question is, what would you say to a friend in the same situation? And I get you to reread it in the soothing tone because you're activating different systems there. When you're speaking to yourself in a negative tone, you're activating that sympathetic nervous system. Whereas when you speak to yourself in a soothing tone, you're activating the soothing system, and that's what you need for comfort and care. And you know, it's like, and I, I've spoken about this on my stories before. You know, we as adults, we also need caressing. We're like kids. And, you know, when when kids are upset and they need their parent, they will come to mom for a hug and then or guardian get the hug and they're released and, and they and they go. But adults are like that as well. And that we need the caressing when we're going through difficult emotions or difficult um, periods. And it's to give ourselves that rather than beating ourselves up with that stick, you know, so um, it's brilliant. It really is. Yeah. And you, look, you could vouch for it as well. If you said you've learned self-compassion, like yeah. it's it's huge. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's you know, like you touched on that there and using the word soothe. It's about self-soothing, really. Yeah, and and exactly being right. able to be kind to yourself and be that person who can give yourself a hug almost, you know. Yeah. Maybe not literally, but figuratively. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. 100 percent release that release that oxytocin if you need to give yourself a hug. You know, it just yeah, it's um yeah, it's really, really important. And we need to we need everybody needs to do more of it. 100 percent and I suppose self-compassion, is it something that you always were passionate about or is it something that came about as a result of, I suppose, something that triggered in yourself to realize that you needed to be more self-compassionate with yourself? Um, yeah, so I was I was in therapy and we were going through, you know, like I, I, I've been diagnosed with PTSD and even with you know all of the residual symptoms that I had from that I was so hard on myself I was oh cool you need to be more social you need to be more of this need to be more of that and you know I was literally beating myself up over things that had were happening as a result of the diagnosis and um we really started to break those things down working on mindfulness self-kindness and common humanity they're the three pillars for self-compassion and you know I started to learn it and I said well like this is this is powerful like I'm starting to feel immediately better when I'm being nicer to myself rather than beating myself up with a stick and then I started you know using in different areas of my life be it my work if I made a mistake I'd be before I would have been so hard on myself now I, I, I try to turn that around and be a little bit kinder to myself body image it started veering into every kind of area of my life and I you know the research shows that it leads to like increased happiness increased life satisfaction and I, I really could see the impact and um, that it was having on my life and I said well like what is this you know and I started researching it and I subsequently learned that it was self-compassion so 
that's kind of how it came about really Sandra to be honest um and I looked for a journal that that had that and there was one out there and I drafted one and I got three therapists um to review it and just to have a look at it from you know I I have the research expertise but I wanted obviously the clinical content expert as well so I got them involved and um the journal it just took fight and compassionate folk took fight after that so um that's really how it came about yeah I learned about the concept researched it put the journal together and it fed into the business so fantastic um, that's yeah it's a really positive story as well so, um, yeah you know, out of coming from something you know I suppose in inverted commas a negative you yeah. know getting diagnosed with PTSD yeah has come all of this very positive work on you know discovering self-compassion for yourself and also then developing this product that is going to help other people with their self-compassion and I really resonate there as well with the beating yourself up after a diagnosis um, when I was diagnosed with general anxiety disorder and panic disorder, I beat myself up so much like, I, you know, I should be better. I, why? What is wrong with me? What's wrong yeah. with my brain? You know, why can't I just be normal? You know, all yeah. this sort of stuff. And then like that, because you're in a, that negative mind frame, it does just feed into every part of you. You know, 100%. looking in the mi mirror, beating yourself up over, mm -hmm. you know, kind of things that nobody else can see but you're you know like oh look at that lump there or you yeah, know yeah. whatever yeah, and, yeah and it just spirals into this negative frame of mind where you're just beating up everything that you do and you know mm -hmm. everything that you touch is is terrible inside in your mm -hmm. own head whereas yeah. it's, it's actually probably not at all so it's lovely to hear that you turned that very negative experience into something very positive and i know it'll resonate with an awful lot of people as well because yeah. it can be something that people experience unfortunately with a diagnosis um like that it can mm. be, lead to very very negative thoughts so i hope that anybody who's listening who's gone through that um can see that there can be positives that come out of it as well absolutely 100 percent. and i think that you know and i think you hit the nail on the head there it's the what is wrong with me you know what I mean? Like that, that's the first one of the first things. Oh my, what's going on with me? And and not being and, and just that that feeling of isolation. And it the reality is, oh my, you know, working research, you know, one in two people day to day report they they feel really stressed. One in five have a feeling of isolation. And that's 20% of people mm -hmm. that feel like they're isolated. And, and and one in two people are feeling stressed, one in three people are feeling anxious. So there's a hell of a lot of people that are also feeling the same, but it's it's to remove that sense of isolation. And there's absolutely nothing wrong. Um, you know, if there's if people have physical ailments, you know, it's the exact same thing as having mental ailments. Do you know what I mean? So it's to remove that sense of isolation. And, and I love, I love what this podcast is about because promoting that open discussion um, and really getting people talking and people thinking, and it's absolutely okay not to be okay, you know, as cliche as the as the as the saying is, but it's very true. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you touched on it there that, you know, physical ailments are, you know, basically, you know, they're on a level playing field with mental yeah. ailments and they should be. And absolutely. I, I remember my psychiatrist said to me because I was slow to go on medication for my anxiety. I was in a very, mm -hmm. very, very dark spot. And she said to me, if you fell down the stairs and you broke your leg, would you get up and go and play a match the following day? I was like, mm -hmm. no. She said, all right, tell me exactly what you would do. And I went through, you know, you'd go to the doctor, you'd go and have your x-ray, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, you know, you'd do all the things, you'd go through your physio afterwards and all the rest. And she was like, well, why wouldn't you do that with your mind? Absolutely. 
you know yeah. and it wasn't until she said that to me that I I suppose I realized it was kind of a light bulb moment for me that mm -hmm. like why would I not look after my mind the same way I would look after my body why why should I have this you know this stigma and this guilt and shame that society puts on you mm -hmm. for a mental health ailment versus a physical ailment nobody would bat an eyelid if you were going around with you know the, yeah, you know crutches or you know whatever else they might ask what's wrong but that'd be about it this is yeah. whereas you know there is still unfortunately the stigma that if, and and it can be internalized then as well because of the societal stigma of mm. you know oh there's something wrong there or you know mm. the very irish thing of that her nerves are at her. Yeah, she'll be grand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Her, nerves her, nerves, are her, yeah. her nerves are at her at the moment, but she'll be grand. Yeah. And you know, I think it's it's about moving past that and going. Actually, no. There's there's these mental ailments that are exist, mm -hmm. and they they exist in the same instance as a physical ailment. Sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, they can exist alongside a physical ailment because they do happen hand in hand or they, can, or they can happen in isolation without there being mm -hmm. any physical ailment. And I suppose it's recognizing that it's okay, as, as you say, the cliche, it's okay to not be okay yeah. in any sense of the word. It's not, it's okay to, you know, to have those physical ailments, to have those mental ailments, but to actually look after yourself. Absolutely. And to mm -hmm. prioritize looking after yourself to look after those things. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that, um, you know like I, I we, we spoke about this earlier but the, the mental and the physical are as important as one another they link into one another like it's just and, and I think there's power in in owning or not owning but uh, for me anyway you know I think since I've spoken about the PTSD and you, you maybe you might have found the same that it's the amount when you open your door the amount of people that open theirs you know it's and there's huge power in having that openness and um and just speaking like and 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 not not feel like like feeling it you have to hide it you know so um there's a huge sense of um connection i think there when when you do open the door as well and um, and like i said i love what this podcast as well because i really think that's in essence what it does is opens the door for people um and to listen to it. Like, there's other people that have gone through the same thing um so it's brilliant yeah amazing Thank you so much. And I think that actually is a lovely point to finish up our chat today. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, Chloe. No problem, Sandra. Thank you so much for having me again. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Mind Your Mind podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, rate, review or follow. It really does help with getting the podcast out there. You can follow us on Instagram at Mind Your Mind Pod for extra content and some behind the scenes action. Talk to you next week and in the meantime, don't forget to mind your mind.